to Tea Time. This is a weekly pop culture podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Liz Kelly. I'm Kate Hallowell. And I'm Amelia Wedemeyer. And today we're checking in with the inauguration, but it's just the fun stuff, so don't worry. Um, <laughs> ben Anna split. Get it? Yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> thank you. And Sex in the City too. Oh, God. It's going to be a good one. Follow us on Twitter at Tea Time underscore 33 and Instagram at Tea Time Pod. And before we get into the show, let's take a quick break. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear are so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of reals always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. All right. It's been a very, very long time since Tea Time as a whole could engage in anything political in a fun and light <laughs> way and take joy and just some really trivial shit in politics. But we could this week because the inauguration happened. So like we said, we're just going to check in with the fun stuff, the outfits, the performances, the memes. And there was a lot. So let's start with the outfits, right? The biggest fits, yeah. I think, as Kate, you identified it. <laughs> I'm um, sorry, I work at the ringer. It's just been <laughs> like it know, just sounded osmosis. Unnatural coming <laughs> right. out of my mouth. Um, okay, monochrome outfits everywhere. Literally almost mm. every woman besides Lady Gaga, I think, was instantly monochrome. Michelle Obama, Kamala Harris, Dr. Joe Biden, Hillary, all four of Biden's granddaughters, like everyone was in, chose a different <laughs> color, which I thought actually was pretty good coordination. I don't think anyone chose the same color. Got purple, yeah. blue, white, tan, like pink. <laughs> Everything you can think of was there. Everyone looked extremely classy and beautiful. But yeah, they're all one color. I'm Love always that. so curious how like they communicate who's wearing what. Like mm-hmm. was Kama like, okay, I'm wearing purple. Like it's a bipartisan, like symbolic color. And then Michelle was oh. like, okay, like what shade of purple? <laughs> you See, know? that's true. Like, yes. Because Hillary was also in a different shade of purple. Right. So there wasn't a whole lot of overlap. Like are yeah. there stylists in a group chat? Are they like, okay, here's a picture of mine. Like here's a picture of yours. Like we're good. I'm just curious how all of that gets worked out. I know. Out. I know. Me too. Yeah. Honestly, probably, right? Uh, there <laughs> has to be something like that. Yeah. They yeah. have to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of Michelle Obama, uh, her outfit was designed by Sergio Hudson. And she, the my favorite part was that she was wearing literally a floor length coat, like mm-hmm. not just a long, 
like peacoat, like literal superhero shit, like a floor length, billowing, beautiful magenta coat. Her hair had these bouncy curls. She had mm-hmm. like a belt that was just like popping off and <laughs> she just looked incredible. And it was just amazing. I mean, Twitter like melted down as soon as they saw her. And also there were a lot of pictures comparing uh, the picture of her this year to the picture of her at the last uh, inauguration when she was just Mm -hmm. like, didn't really try. But now (laughs) it's fun again. Fashion is fun again (laughs) uh, in D.C. So uh, it was a big win. However, my favorite look and my favorite person from the inauguration is Ella Emhoff, who is Kamala Harris's 21-year-old stepdaughter. And I did not know she existed. I had not done any research into Kamala Harris's family. (laughs) But she popped up at the inauguration wearing this like Mew Mew coat that had like kind of a Peter Pan collar, like these orange sparkly beading on the shoulders. And everyone was like, who is this girl? Uh, And then her Instagram suddenly exploded. Everyone Mm -hmm. discovered her Instagram at once. And she is a design student at the Parsons School of Design. She has her own knitwear brand and her Instagram. I saw an article that described it as like rave meets cottage core because she wears like (laughs) these like brightly colored knit things that are like, it's really hard to describe. I cannot recommend you look at her Instagram enough. Uh, But she just, she has like a tattoo of a cow on one arm and bacon and eggs on the other. And I just like, I'm obsessed with her. And she also like (laughs) very much did not fit into like the vibe of the inauguration. But you can tell she was like kind of trying. Uh, there's a gif of her waggling her her eyebrows behind Mike Pence at the camera. Oh yeah, the I saw that. Uh, and she just was like, did her own thing, but like obviously fit in very well. But it was just like not what you expected. And I mm-hmm. can't wait for her to be in our lives for the next four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, really excited by that. <laughs> this is a total 180 from Ella M. Hoff. You can use the knitwear, the knitwear segue. Oh, knitwear, good there one, good go. one. Okay, good. Bernie Sanders was getting a lot of attention. We'll talk about him a bit later in the category too, but a lot of attention for the outfit, his posture, his entire presence at the inauguration. (laughs) Um, He was wearing homemade mittens, which garnered a lot of attention online. He was in the same jacket that he was in when it was like, and I am once again asking me, you know that one? Like the brown. (laughs) Everyone's like, you have the one single jacket, like a true New Englander. Um, Anyway, these mittens were made from a Vermont teacher, Jen Ellis, and given to him as a gift like several years ago. And he's been wearing them ever since. And of course, they are made from repurposed wool sweaters and lined with fleece made from recycled um, recycled plastic bottles. So that checks out. Amazing. And yeah, a lot of attention on Bernie Sanders' fit. And then on the complete opposite side of the spectrum, you have Kamala Harris's nephew-in-law. Um, so this is the husband of Harris's niece, Mina Harris. Anyway, mm. his name is Nicholas, and he was in Dior Air Jordan 1s, which like, <laughs> for all the sneaker heads out there, don't think Mallory Rubin listens. Mallory, this is for you. <laughs> Apparently, these shoes are like, very coveted, very expensive. Wow. They like sell for 10K to 20K roughly <laughs> online. Very hard to get your hands on. Anyway, they garnered a lot of attention as well. And everyone noticed them on him. Yeah. So I don't really follow sneakers, but apparently this was very impressive. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of sneakers, uh, we had a whole different set of looks for the inaugural ball uh, later that night. And not everyone showed up. It obviously wasn't a real ball, but like they cut to, you know, the the families sort of dressed up and things like that. And the Bidens uh, 
just did not dial it in. I want to shout out two of them specifically. First of all, Maisie Biden, who I actually thought was Ella Emhoff because of the mask. I couldn't see her, but same mm-hmm. energy. Uh, <laughs> she was wearing a Rodart dress, like this pink sort of like flouncy dress with Nike high top sneakers. <laughs> that also, I don't know what kind they are, but I, it's just an incredible combination. They don't go together at all, uh, which is great. Obviously was the goal. And then Ashley Biden, Lesbian Twitter was tweeting a lot about her because she showed up in a tux with like the untied bow tie, the unbuttoned shirt, heels, Mm -hmm. cigarette pants. Everyone was like, Ashley Biden, hello. So I just love that we're at a point where like, instead of the only political fashion being like, get Ivanka Trump's line out of Kohl's, like (laughs) we can actually like look at them like as sort of celebrities and like they're making Mm -hmm. fun choices and we don't have to just like hate them with every fiber of our being. So Mm -hmm. uh, that was the big win yesterday and this week. Agreed. Agreed. Love that. Speaking of celebrities, absolutely seamless category we have going here. Let's talk (laughs) about these celebrity performances of the inauguration. Kate, you're up first. I ended up with both of these people. So apologies. Uh, First up, Lady Gaga sang the national anthem. And first of all, she just like, she just approaches things in such like a theater kid show tune way. Uh, she wore Chabarelli couture. I think that's how you pronounce it. She again was like one of the only people who didn't do monotone or monochrome. And she had like a dark blue top, huge fluffy red skirt, and then like this huge dove brooch. Mm-hmm. Uh, her hair was in ribbons. And she then proceeded to sing the national anthem like a show tune. Like she was at the Tonys right. on right. a balcony performing. <laughs> and it was just great. She's so weird, but in such a pure way. And mm-hmm. she just was like, you could see her like, Michelle. she was walking by Michelle Obama. She was like, you look amazing. Like she like yeah. couldn't not tell her, which is just right. like, what else are you going to do when you make eye contact Love with Michelle? That. Yeah, I think uh, later I saw her like cornering the Obamas and like they like politely wanting to like leave and she had so much to say to them. Granted, I would too. I would take that opportunity and run. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and sure. also people were comparing her look to Elizabeth Banks in the Hunger Games. Like she wore oh, like yeah. they like I I don't know if someone photoshopped something, but like I literally <laughs> saw a, an Instagram post where they were wearing the same exact fucking dress. I swear to God. <laughs> it was insane. And she had the little bird thing. Like yeah. oh, the J pin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> really very uh very like over the top plus she's among all these people in like very formal business wear mm-hmm. basically and like normal coats mm-hmm. uh so she just really stood out also uh yeah. she followed up followed up by j-lo and i believe head to toe chanel j-lo uh really came at this weekend with like a pantsuit mentality which i love and respect <laughs> she posted so many like travel pictures where she was like in one pantsuit and then when she got there she was in a different pantsuit mm-hmm. and then like her inauguration pantsuit was like all white Fluffy, she's saying this land is your land. She ended it with let's get loud. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> like, let's just sprinkle a shout out to my uh, old throwback hit at the end of this land is your land. Why not? Uh, <laughs> but, I wouldn't have it any other way. What truly genuinely was great. Uh, uh, and then she was just like posting these pictures with A-Rod and yeah. some other man. Like, just, like we just could not identify him. <laughs> silence after you were like, who is yeah. this? Did like 10 minutes. No of idea. I couldn't find it. Yeah. Uh, just posing all over DC uh, and really just gave the people everything they wanted. I also loved um, you posted some pictures in our Slack and it was she was she really when you say she went out all out she fucking bedazzled several <laughs> like venti sized Starbucks cups to like co- 
commemorate her singing at this inauguration. I guess that's a thing. Like, I guess every event or every project she does, she has a different like bedazzled cup made for her to drink from, which is like, does she have literally a bedazzler guy that just like follows her and like does her custom Maybe that was the guy who was posing that she's posing with. That's what I'm choosing to believe. Yeah, Yeah, let's go with that. Let's go with that. Um, Amelia... Let's weigh in with you. So you're a noted music <laughs> lover. Oh, I think Kate true. wrote this and assigned this to you. Uh, it's kind of true. But uh, yes, Garth Brooks. What a surprise turn of events. Um, <laughs> I love how they, you know, I feel like he is kind of the antithesis of J-Lo. And he, he represents <laughs> yeah. the red states, you know. So they really want bipartisanship this administration (laughs) and we have no choice but to stand. So he (laughs) came on and he, well, one, he was wearing these, he decided to fuck things up and wear jeans with a giant (laughs) ass belt buckle. Um, Oklahoma tuxedo, baby. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Oh my God. And they looked, you know what? I don't, they looked not boot cut, just like, straight leg. So, you know, what? Oh, wow. at least he he's giving us that. And honestly, yeah, why not wear jeans? It's probably one of the most important days of the last, I guess, five, 10 years, but <laughs> wear jeans if you want. Honestly, sure. I, sure. I, you know, what? I probably would too. Um, but anyway, he's saying amazing grace and it started, I don't know if you guys thought, but it started off a little shaky. I was like, oh, <laughs> wow, you're really going to go acapella with this. Okay. Um, and he did. And it was fine. And people were comparing him to his alter ego, Chris Gaines. Do you, do you guys know who Chris Gaines no. is? No. He like released an album of like non-country music back in like the 90s as like some guy named Chris Gaines. Is it like his Sasha Fierce? What? Yes. <laughs> It is. Yeah. Yep. And uh, if you want to Google that, he had a really interesting haircut. It's very emo. Um, I will Google that. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> so people were like, oh, is this Chris Gaines? You know, they made those jokes on Twitter. <laughs> Love that. Uh, but, you know, he was just having a good time. Like he, yeah. what did he, didn't he like high five people or something? He was just like, okay, he went, I'm like, here. He went like straight for Pence and then remembered <laughs> Go for God. I shouldn't say that. I think he's like relatively progressive. So like no shade to Garth Brooks. Like glad you showed up. (laughs) Sure, Uh, sure. But he he did, I feel like, represent more of like red states, which is great. That's great. We we love you gotta have the range. The range our country coming together. Right. So and he was just like, "Ah, okay. So love, love Garth. Okay. Sorry. Um, and then lastly, I feel like best performance of all was Amanda Gorman, who is 22 years old. First of all, fucking insane poet and activist from LA. She did a poem, The Hill We Climb, for the inauguration. I will do it such an injustice to try to recap <laughs> and like to, to relay the message that she said. So BuzzFeed News, CNBC, and CNN have the full transcript and the full video of her poem. Yeah, just go Highly watch it. encourage you yeah. watch yes. that. Um, anyway, basic message, unity, togetherness. She was so inspiring. She was an all product in this like bright, brilliant, yellow blazer and red headband. It was just the epitome of like sunshine, rays of sunshine beaming out of her in every way. Um, Very inspiring. Please just go watch it or read it because I can't do it justice. It was fucking amazing. (laughs) It was. As a, uh, as a, I believe a trio of hand talkers, we, (laughs) I I just want to say, 
I want to say that the way that she moved her hands while she was talking. I didn't even notice. was so beautiful. She had, first of all, she had like this caged bird ring on that Oprah mm. gave her. Sure. Oh, God. Uh, but like she had these like very calculated, like very symmetrical hand movements. And I feel like did. I need to study it and like incorporate <laughs> it into my body because we have totally. like such chaotic. I like I move my hands all the time, but in like horrible ways. Right. Yeah. As uh, soon as you said that, I realized <laughs> I was talking about her just like shaking my hand at nothing. I know. Right. I know. And if we're going to do it, it seems like we should be more elegant. So I'm going to try to incorporate her, her finger. Maybe she has like finger exercises that I need to know about, but I'm going to, I'm going to try to emulate that. I love that. (laughs) Okay. We're ending with the memes and social media that came out of this day. There was a lot. Bernie Sanders I think that discourse made me laugh out loud the most. <laughs> I <laughs> I have a lot of tweets that I could say. I'm only going to highlight a couple. Remember Brown, friend of the ringer.com. Basically, there's this one image of Bernie that went around and it's him <laughs> holding a check, like a manila envelope. He's got shit to do, places to go. And yet he's like <laughs> smack dab in the middle of the inauguration, like one of the more important things or most important thing of the year. And he just feels like he's got places to go, people to see, things to do. He like can't really be bothered with this entire day. Right. So anyway, it's just one picture of him and Rember Brown tweeted, he's like, deposit a check with my phone camera? Nah, we're going to the branch. <laughs> and it just like epitomizes that. He's got a lot of errands to do. Miss Reezy on Twitter said, Bernie dressed like the inauguration is on his to-do list today, but ain't his whole day, which is also true. Um, and then anyway, there's this also this meme going around where he's sitting and kind of crossing his right. arms, just looked like right. he was waiting in line. I don't yeah, know where outside the, of <laughs> what ahead. I love. What I love about the sitting meme, which has like really blown up in the past 12 hours. Yeah. Uh, is that it's like the most basic meme where it's like it you is. see someone sitting and you're like, what if he was sitting somewhere else? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Literally like the, anywhere. Like the original days of like memeing on the internet was just oh like photoshopping God. people into other things. And like right. that's where right. we've, we've gone full circle on the internet. We're back to that place and we're just literally photoshopping Bernie sitting, just sitting into yeah, any other I place where any other person it. is sitting. It's very pure. It's just like, we're just back in this very comfortable place on the internet and it yes. just feels right. It feels really good. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's do the next one. Amelia. Uh, okay. Um, my friend, Mariana, she, she signal boosted this tweet and it was from BB Rexa, iconic singer. Um, okay. This is what she tweeted. Just want to let you know, it's never too late to chase your dreams. Joe Biden is 78 and is becoming the president of the United States today. Don't give up. And I just thought, what? (laughs) I mean, that's what you decided to tweet on this day? I mean, what a choice. But also, she's not wrong. And <laughs> she's not wrong. You're right. <laughs> honestly, you know, lately I feel like we've been stuck in this pandemic rut. And I, I I know I can speak for myself, but I feel like other people probably feel the same way where you're just like, what am I doing with my life? My life has been on hold for the past <laughs> mm-hmm. year. And I am only getting older. Everything else is staying the same. Like, this is so unfair. Um, so 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 seeing this tweet made me feel a little comforted because it was like, you know what? You're right, BB Rexa. This man has tried to become president since like, I want to say the 80s. And you know what? He finally did it. He finally did it. So congrats to him and congrats to BB Rexa for bringing up a great point. <laughs> it's true, Thank right? You, like, you want to laugh and make fun of this? But she does. It is a message of hope, and we it need does. as much of that as we can. <laughs> yeah. So thank you, BB Rexa. Thank we you so much. Thank you. 
Yes. Yeah. Um, and lastly, I'm bringing this up for Amelia only because it brings me <laughs> back to a time in our pod where we were together and laughing our asses off. So essentially, um, the White House confirmed yesterday that uh, Trump left a note for <laughs> Biden, like in the White House, and people fucking ran with it. My two favorites were speaking of sex in the city this episode, um, the the post-it note that said, I'm sorry, I can't, don't hate me from Burger, which I have always loved. And then the better one was, it was like a side-by-side, obviously, of like Trump typing or writing out this note and then what the note could be online. And it was the Sam. The first night of bed when you left, dot, 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 dot. So Jersey Shore, which Amelia has read on this podcast, fucking made me cry laughing. Um, and I just thought of you, Amelia, and I thought it was really Thank funny. Thank you. That is a good one. <laughs> that Oh, what a great application there. I mean, honestly, so good. You're perfect. So good. It really is. Oh, my God. All right. Let's move categories. Let's do our mashup again. Relationship news and not worth the tea. And this week in social media. Mm. Kate, you're up. Uh, I want to start with really the biggest celebrity news this week outside of politics, right. which is the banana split. Uh, ben Affleck, Ana de Armas have parted ways. Now, Wild. we're not going to go super in-depth on this because Jam Session already went very in-depth. Obviously, you know, I mean, we have been following this relationship <laughs> throughout the course of the pandemic. But I want to talk about the really chaotic night on the Internet when uh, photos were released of people throwing away the classic iconic Ana de Armas cutout uh, <laughs> that we have previously discussed was I believe somewhere in Ben's lawn uh, his kids were seen playing with it right. previously obviously their relationship is over and so they were very dramatically uh, throwing it away into the trash obviously like paparazzi were there on purpose like they had it turned so they could see that it was like <laughs> she was going in the trash like right. we got it wow. however uh, Ana de Armas updates which is just the most chaotic account on the internet and I love it they decided to be relevant like one more time at the end of this relationship. And the person behind this account tweeted out these pictures and said a life-size cardboard cutout of Ana de Armas from inside Ben Affleck's residence was seen being thrown into a trash can January 18th, 2021. So this like, you know, obviously picked up immediately. People were like, this is hilarious. This is weird. One person, a single person, I saw this happen. I was online as it happened. I'm on Twitter all the time, commented and said, it kind of looks like Casey Affleck. <laughs> Is throwing it away. Now, the person that's throwing us away is in a landscaper's uniform, mm. has a bandana over his entire face except for his eyes, and has a bucket cowboy hat over the rest of his face. So literally, you can see maybe an inch of this person's face. Just the eyes and like a little bit of the eyebrows. This one person commented and said it kind of looks like Casey Affleck. Obviously, like very recognizable eyes on Casey right. Affleck. Right. Uh, but you can't see this person's face. Again, they're in a, in a like a landscaper's outfit. So, uh, Agents of Chaos, Ana de Armas <laughs> updates, <laughs> decided to run with it and tweeted, update, the person throwing away the Ana de Armas cutout is allegedly Ben Affleck's brother, Oscar-winning actor Casey wow. Affleck. Wow. Just absolutely chose violence. And <laughs> I can't explain to you how many incredibly smart people on my timeline believe this without a second thought. Like, it's... Now, looking back, I think everyone's like, that was, was really stupid that anyone thought that. But in real time, I'm not going to name names, but like, you know who Sean Fennessy is? The editor-in-chief of TheRinger.com. Imagine like the Sean Fennessy of other websites and 
Those are the people that were on my timeline being like, I would know those eyes anywhere. Oh, God. <laughs> would you? Would you? Because it's not him. And like, in their defense, you can't tell that he's wearing a landscaper's outfit because they cropped out the other landscaper that's wearing the same outfit. Sure. So people were zooming in on his face. Literally, like, hundreds of thousands of followers. These, like, film critics who, like, oh. do this shit for a living. Like, have, I guess, reviewed Casey Affleck's movies. Like, felt like they knew who he was replying to each other being like why is he there like why would he agree to this what? i was like are we insane <laughs> like am i having a stroke it's not him and like sm- all the like every time i refreshed it there was someone else like really smart and really established yeah. like journalists being like i don't understand why he would do this why would he let himself get looped into this i'm like it's not him <laughs> they just want to believe so like there was just a good hour where I was like I'm going insane uh, obviously now it's we know it's not him it wasn't him ever but right. I just there I was like that a real that real person should stand out and say something right. release a statement be like yeah. it yourself it was I uh <laughs> And I just like of all the things for people to all the all of the things alleged about Casey Affleck. And like, this is the one the Internet decides to believe. Like, I don't know. I don't know about that. Uh, So, yeah, I just was like, come on, people like just just log off. We all just (laughs) need to log off sometimes. That is wild. That is wild. That's so many. I mean, and also it's like coming from that account. It's such like a joke. Right. Mm -hmm. It's a a funny joke. It's not a primary source. It's like when you use Wikipedia for your second grade essay and your teacher was like, don't use Wikipedia as a primary source. Don't use Anna DeArmas updates (laughs) as a primary source. Right. She just sows chaos. Right. Oh, my God. That's so funny. I love that. Take a lap, Kate. That you're okay, die what's on. next? Let's move on. Amelia. Um, I just want to shout out to Michelle Williams, the singer, not the actress, uh, for shutting down some rando, telling her to have children. I, you know what? I have a lot of respect for you, Michelle. Um, someone posted this at Shades of Row on Twitter, and it was an Instagram exchange with some guy who I'm not even gonna shout out his uh handle but it's like he's he commented this on her instagram on michelle's michelle i love you but you need some children you are too bored wow rude and michelle came back and she came for him and i won't read you the whole thing but it was this is what some of what she said no what's in called for is you telling a woman that she needs to have children what if that woman can't have children what if that woman doesn't want children? Watch your mouth and fingers. Now scram and be blessed. I'm just like, yes. Wow. <laughs> I love this. Great. Yeah, great exactly. What a great, amazing sign off. Amazing message. I just, more props to Michelle. Good yes. for you, mm-hmm. Michelle. So. Mm-hmm. Next one will be really quick for me. Really <laughs> stupid news. But <laughs> Kylie Jenner got some feedback, I would say, because she posted randomly. She was like, she tweeted or put on Instagram, I think, actually, um, a photo of her shower. And she did, you know, like my shower. And then, the you know, it was like the best, all those little. Mm-hmm. Um, and the water pressure looked absolutely atrocious. There was like <laughs> three little dribbles coming out of this fucking shower head. And everyone was like, Kylie Jenner, you're a billionaire. What's up with your shower? Which I agree. I think water pressure is very important in a shower. Yeah, it's extremely anyway, important. I, Everyone was like, this is so weird. What's up? And then she clarified and actually, I think, made everyone just feel worse because she showed her, like, actual shower. And I didn't know even showers could do this. She had, like, a like a little panel that was, like, basically a mini TV where you type in your temperature. 
And what then the you fuck? like press a button and then that temperature comes out of the shower head. Oh and, then the, and then of course the water pressure is all great and nice. And anyway, I ended up feeling worse because I was like, of course she has something that was like so extravagant and cool in right. her house. Um, so have no fear. Her water pressure is How fine. do you know what temperature you want? I guess just she trial did and error. Three. Like what? Wow. I have no idea. Like that's, that's really hot. hot. That's, that's like a sounds, jacuzzi. Yeah. yeah. Seems like bad for your skin. I don't, I don't have answers on that. I don't know. <laughs> wow. Um, and then next, whoever gave me this wrote in the outline, GP candle explosion. <laughs> and when I read this, honest to fucking God, I thought this meant like a sales explosion, like a, like exploded in sales. Something no, happened where like everyone bought out the Gwyneth Paltrow, you know, vagina candle. Turns out it was a quite literal explosion. <laughs> and this woman in North London, <laughs> I guess like the the... The vagina-scented Gwyneth Paltrow candle exploded into flames in this North London woman's home. Oh, no. I I don't know how, you know, the sun told me that she won (laughs) the candle in an online quiz. Like, what? So she didn't even purchase it? Wow. I guess not. Anyway, the candle exploded, emitted huge flames, apparently bits flying everywhere. The whole thing was ablaze, she said. I feel bad, but she's fine. You know, no no real damages. I'm sure Gwyneth Paltrow is going to cut her a fat check um, <laughs> and damages. Just like she probably cut the guy that she hit <laughs> skiing. But that guy's rolling in it now. Deep cut. <laughs> Deep tea time cut. Um, <laughs> anyway, not a sales explosion, a literal explosion. And I'm, I'm happy that this woman is okay. Maybe don't buy these candles. No. Um, lastly, a little bit of relationship news. Yeah, mini relationship news because, you know, we've all seen The Bachelor now. Um, I, I really, this, at first when I heard that Dale and Claire broke up, I started laughing. But then I realized <laughs> that's mean and I shouldn't laugh because I have no ill will towards these people. I just think it's insane that she had all these great guys to choose from and decided to zero in one into one guy after not even two weeks. But, uh, you know, I guess they thought it was love, but apparently it's not, sadly. And Dale released a statement that was like, I wanted to share with you that Claire and I have decided to go our separate ways. You know, this is the healthiest decision. Like, we only hope the best for one another. And he posted this to his Instagram about like a day or two ago. And Literally just an hour ago, Claire also posted something and it starts off with, I was made aware of a quote unquote mutual, yikes, statement at the same time you all were. So I've needed some time to really digest this. So again, you know, she's talking about how it's been 2020 was a horrible year and, you know, she thought that this relationship was going to last, but it, it didn't. It wasn't a perfect relationship, she admits, but she was genuinely invested with all of her heart. And she says she doesn't have all the answers. And it's just that makes me sad. It makes me sad because I think she genuinely wanted to find love. I think mm-hmm. that is why she went on the show. And also, actually, you know, I think that's probably one of the main reasons why she wrapped things up so quickly is because she really thought she had fallen in love with this guy or she mm-hmm. had kind of willed herself into being like, hey, I really like this guy. I've, I've stalked him enough on Instagram and now here <laughs> he is in real life and he's mm-hmm. he's everything I wanted him to be and more. And unfortunately, things don't work really work that way. And I just, you know, now I feel really 
I feel sad. I feel sad yeah. for her. Mainly yeah. her. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know about Dale. Whatever. He's fine. Yeah. But I, I just, it makes me sad because I really wish nothing but the best for her. Yeah. I'm yeah. happy she turned off these Instagram comments and it was yes. just the post. She got it out there. Now she doesn't need everyone chiming in or being right. mean or doing whatever right. on the Instagram comments. Just heal yourself. Take time. I'm sure she will. But yeah, happy that she just like posted it because obviously as a public figure, I guess you have to. Right. Now she can just like take care of herself. I'm hoping. Truly. And then other tiny bit of breakups and Bachelor news is freaking listen to your heart. Brie and Chris broke God up. God damn it. Which is like really fucking sad. Um, they yeah. were only dating for about a year, but they were like the runaway couple for those listen to your heart heads out there <laughs> like me. Uh, and they're, I'm really upset that they broke up. Like freaking love isn't real, I guess. Um, but exactly, they can still have, you know, solo musical careers because I know they were like recording albums together. All right. We'll see yes. where they end up. Maybe they'll now filter through the Bachelor system. I don't know that I want to see them in paradise, but maybe. Well, maybe know. because I, I, you know, Rudy, who was a, a semifinalist, she My has girl. been. I love her. Love her. And she, yeah. I mean, she has been, she hasn't outrightly said, I want to go to paradise. But man, she's made some comments like, I love Ed from this past okay. season. Okay. Which is like, if yeah. you're willing to stoop that low. <laughs> I mean, give this girl a spot on Paradise. I'm sure she will be. She'd be great on that. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff. With real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus. View its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Okay, let's move on to cringe mode. 
maybe the cringiest movie we've done, and that's saying a lot. We're doing <laughs> Sex and the City 2. Um, the sequel to last week when we did Sex in the City. Make sure to listen to that if you haven't. So quick, quick recap plot of this movie. I feel like I can take this one again. It's essentially two years after where we left off with the first movie. Big and Carrie are like kind of not happily married. Um, Charlotte is struggling with two children now and like a very beautiful nanny who she's feeling insecure about. Samantha, more or less the same, honestly. <laughs> I think she's actually back in New York. Maybe that's good. And then Miranda and Steve making it work in Brooklyn. Um, and then Smith Jared, essentially the plot is he invites them all to his premiere in Abu Dhabi and they all go. Again, it takes like an hour for them to do that. But then they all go to Abu Dhabi and then they have this girls trip as they're all dealing with all these different issues. And then, yeah, movie kind of ends. So <laughs> let's talk true. about it. Let's do the highlights. Amelia, take take it away. Um, I would say an early highlight, maybe one of the only highlights from this movie, uh, would be the cameo from Liza Minnelli. She sings. This movie basically starts off with they're at Stanford and Anthony's wedding, and it is this elaborate, over the top wedding, and of the icing on the cake is that they get freaking Liza Minnelli to perform at their wedding. And one, she is she's just an icon. She was singing she all the single ladies. Yeah. It was so good. That voice, those legs. I mean, I I loved it. I love that cameo. She was in the yeah. Beyonce, like, black tights, black outfit, which, yep. like, for her age, fucking props. She was good. Yeah. I will agree with you. Sprinkled throughout that whole thing was, like, a lot of really, really, really badly worded and poor choice, like humor at the expense of these two guys. So, right. So that was what I started this out and I was like, wow, there's just like an incredible amount of gay stereotypes happening right now. Cause they're like, we're going to a gay wedding. And then it's like, blah, 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 like another gay joke. And I'm like, you know, I don't know. But then when Liza Minnelli came out, I was like, honestly, I think they just know their audience. Like I kind of think they just know that like, this is for the gays. We're going to give you 20 minutes of this movie, like just for you. Not saying it was great, but I'm also kind of like, like there were just a couple jokes where I was like, you know what? Like they're just sort of leaning in. Like the, yeah. they have like the, you know, LA or New- the New York, like gay men's choir singing at this wedding. And they all start right. freaking out when Liza Minnelli <laughs> walks in. And I just was like, you know, they just know their audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, another highlight for me is one of the very few highlights of the Abu Dhabi trip is that Aiden shows up uh, again, like have not seen this show. I only like vaguely know Big and Aiden and it's like a whole thing. Uh, Mm -hmm. But Aiden looked great. I have most recently seen him as the dad in the To All the Boys movies. Honestly, he's he's aged very well. He's still very Mm -hmm. likable. And just as soon as he showed up in like this billowy cotton white shirt, I was like, I'm team you. You know, I just I don't know anything about this, but I'm on your side. So yeah, Agreed. I'm definitely team Aiden with absolutely zero context. Also, that's probably I, the right call. Mm-hmm. Have you guys you. seen my big fat Greek wedding? Yes. yes. Oh yeah, he's, he's also in that too. movie. He's so good in that movie. Yeah. Yes, he is. He's, he's so, so lovable. lovable. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, next highlight, Amelia. Um, I really enjoyed the bonding moments between Charlotte and Miranda. I mean, even though there was really just one that kind of sticks out in my mind where they mm-hmm. were talking about motherhood. And I just like that they were a support system for each other. And, mm-hmm. you know, I love that yeah. because I, I mean, I, obviously I'm not a mother, but I can only imagine what it's like to be a mom to two children under the age of five. That sounds <sighs> horrific. So, you know yeah. what? 
props to Kind of on that note, I watched half of this movie yesterday. I had to take a walk in the middle because <laughs> I don't know if this is grim. I don't know if this is a highlight. I think it is. But basically, four of these women kind of chose a, a different path to like, you know, adulthood being a woman. You mm-hmm. have the one um, Charlotte who picked family and her husband and then being a mom. You have... Um, Miranda, who chose a job and kind of has at the expense of like raising her son. And that causes Mm -hmm. a lot of problems. Carrie chose the guy, chose not to have children. Then Samantha chose like exploring, you know, like continuing to be single and exploring Mm -hmm. that and like having a high power job, whatever. So they kind of chose all these different paths. And I don't know if this makes me feel good or bad, but there's kind of some good and some bad with like every single path you choose not to be like too meta, but I do feel like as a woman, there's just so much pressure on what path you choose to like live out those decades of your life. And the show and the movie kind of explore some different ones. And it kind of is comforting maybe that like no matter which one you go with, if you choose the career or you choose family or if you choose whatever else, like, you know, there's going to be some shit and there's going to be some good. So so true. I don't know. Maybe perhaps kind of like kind of like this movie. A lot of shit, some good, but also. Yes. <laughs> let's do. Yeah, let's dive in. Um, I'm starting with the trivial, and then we're going to get into the legitimate lowlights of Sex in the City too. Yeah. The trivial lowlight of this is that Big is in his like 50s, like maybe mm. mid 50s, <laughs> and the problem that Big and Carrie have in their marriage in this movie is like Big's basically tired and wants to sit on the couch and watch TV, which like I get. There's this whole big fight where Carrie on a Monday night wants to go to a premiere of a movie. Mm-hmm. And Big is like, on a it's Monday? a Monday. On a Monday. <laughs> Come on. And, and Big's like, you know what? I'd rather eat takeout at my favorite sushi spot and fucking watch the TV, <laughs> which is what I want to do every day and I'm 27. And she's like, we've lost it, the sparkle, the this and the that. And I'm like, damn, relax. Like, yeah. you can go if you have the energy. <laughs> like, I don't personally. Yeah. But then, so I'm like, that's bad on Carrie. And then Big later, like 20 minutes later in the movie, decides that two days a week, he wants to spend time apart from Carrie and like live a separate life. And then I'm like, damn, if two years into my marriage, my husband was like, you know what? About <laughs> 25% of the time, I don't want to be in this with you. I would be like, what the fuck? So- I'm not, they end up still together at the end. They like come together as they always do, but I don't know. On both sides, bad. Really bad. (laughs) Bad sides. Um, Okay, moving on from that, let's go to another low light, Kate. Uh, A low light for me is that there's this whole subplot where Charlotte is threatened by her nanny, played by Alice Eve, who's been in a bunch of stuff. Uh, Mm -hmm. And she's threatened because Alice Eve is beautiful and doesn't wear a bra. And she is like, can't get over the fact that she doesn't wear a bra and she's around her husband. And like, she thinks her husband is going to like cheat on her with Alice Eve because Alice Eve doesn't wear a bra. And the first scene where she's introduced, she's like running in slow motion in this fucking tank top. And she's like jumping around playing with these kids. And obviously it's meant to show off her boobs, whatever. But all I could think about was like trying to work out in like a sports bra that like isn't quite like protective enough. And I was like, Alice Eve, are you okay? Like after the scene, how much do you think her boobs hurt? Because it has to be so much. Like, like the whole not, point is she's jumping around. Scene. It's like every fucking scene she's in almost. She's like doing something really physical at the expense of her own body just to like highlight her her body. And it's just I like know. so messed up. Like she's it physically suffering for pained her work. me. 
Right. Yeah. I know. But I was like, I like, again, like all for like, don't wear a bra if you don't want to, but like literally physically pained me to watch her and be like, oh my God, like, mm-hmm. ow, mm-hmm. gravity is not meant to work on those that way. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> props for Alice Eve. Uh, I know like Amelia, you have chest a, right now. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Protect no, totally. them. Protect them. <laughs> um, but yeah, I know Amelia has a similar low light. Uh, yeah. Light. On this nanny note, why? So it's again, Liz said that, you know, she there's a whole subplot about how there's a hot nanny and she's threatening because she's so hot. And there's a scene where she's doing like cartwheel. Of course, she's doing more physical stuff. She's doing freaking cartwheels. And all of the husbands are like, you know, being oh, so lecherous oh. and so blatant with their just gawking at her. Fucking and Steve, pause <laughs> off. Just Steve, disgusting. you already fucked up, Steve. You're like one You're right. strike I would never look at anything ever again if I was Steve. Seriously. Um. So she's doing and They're all, yeah, looking at her. And again, you know, there's more of that throughout in the whole, you know, braless thing. But we learn at the end of the movie when they are, I think, celebrating uh, Charlotte's Rose's birthday mm-hmm. that, oh, turns out Alice Eve, the nanny, is gay. She's a lesbian. So you know what? You never needed to worry about anything. No and worries at all. Oh, my like, God. That was like the little bow tie. Be like, well, that's a, like that was exactly. fixed. And it's like, no. Like, that's no. the only reason to make her gay is solely to nip the my husband could be cheating with her thing in the butt. Are you kidding me? That's the only reason why they couldn't be cheating. Here's what I can't get over. It which relates to last week. She's the ugliest husband in the world. <laughs> she doesn't want him anyway. The straightest woman in the world would not want this uggo. I don't God. understand. Okay, Harry has some redeeming qualities if you had kept up with the franchise. But yes, obviously, I agree. This is like in what world is Alice Eve going to cheat with your bald husband? Like, it's just not going to happen. They did her wrong. She had to. There's a scene where the daughter like gets her like wet from the bath. And it's just like, oh, my God, God, like literally a wet T-shirt. I'm like, why? Why? Truly, truly. It's just like this poor woman. And (sighs) I I just I have higher hopes for Charlotte and Harry's marriage, too, that you need to solve it quickly with that. She's a lesbian. Just I know. That is lazy. Agreed. Yep. yep. Agreed. Uh, all right. <laughs> As if that wasn't a low light enough. The biggest low light from this movie, like too big to even really get into, is just mm-hmm. everything related to this Abu Dhabi trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, I looked it up. I originally had this in What Age the Worst? And then I was like, we can't even call it that because it was absolutely torn apart at the time. They go to the Middle East. They act like four rich white women in the Middle mm-hmm. East. It has like this terrible like feminist angle where they're like trying to like free these Muslim women from the ways of their culture. And like, they're acting like the burqas are like these horribly oppressive things. And it's like very anti-Muslim, very racist and oppressive and like white savior. Yeah. I saw a yeah. review that called them like imperialist Barbies, which is just yeah. spot on. Cause it's said in the tone of fucking Carrie being like, and I couldn't help but wonder where these women. Tra-? And I was like, no, 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 <laughs> no. no. You, right. I just, I don't know how, I mean, I guess in 2010, I mean, we just, watched like a, a Wonder Woman movie that came out this year that also had extremely harmful Middle Eastern stereotypes. Like, I don't know why I'm acting like t- like 2010 was like too soon for this kind of thing. But I just don't know how this was greenlit. 
There are mm-hmm. so many horror, like they dress in burkas at the end to like get out of this. Like I, it's just there. I genuinely can't, can't go through all of them. It's so yeah. tone deaf. And I wrote through halfway through the movie. I was like, everything about the strip is horrible. And then I watched <laughs> the rest of the movie and I was like, I can't believe how much worse it got. It yeah. is just unwatchable. Yeah, it's too big to really. De- you're totally right. It, you can't it even get like, into the specifics. Like yeah. it's it, there are mm-hmm. so many different ways that it's bad. Like you just can't get into it. Mm-hmm. Tough. Mm-hmm. Don't just don't watch this movie. Honestly, just uh, yeah. don't watch it. Just skip you're it. Right. It's a skip. Um, speaking of what has aged the best and the worst, um, again back to the trivial. There is a scene in the very beginning where. Carrie and Big are talking to another couple. They're like, oh my God, we have such similar lives, but we're gonna we're pregnant. Like the one other couple is pregnant and used surrogate, I think. And then they're talking to Carrie and Big and they're like, no, you know, that's not in our plan. And they're like, oh my God, but why? Like, can you not have them? You know, you can adopt. And they're like, no, we just like don't really want children. And they're like, what? And I know that people and couples and women still struggle with this issue and being like truly understood and just being like, that's not in my plan on a personal level. And you can't say or judge me for it. And it's not abnormal that I'm a woman and don't want children. Right. Um, But this was just like, oh my God, Carrie doesn't want a child just like, because it was like, oh my God. Yeah. Stupid. And then last week she was like Michelle 40 Williams. and single. She yeah. needs to exactly. back her up. Truly. Yeah. Scram, scram and be blessed, please. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Uh, what has aged the best for you, Amelia? I would say best would be black and white movies really are great for the aesthetic, you know? So uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. agreed with that. Um, and then w- this is not even uh, age well or didn't. I think, well, one thing that aged bad was I I just remember seeing this movie and enjoying all the pretty colors. And then when I watched it again, I was like, oh, yikes. How could I ever have liked this movie? <laughs> but um, also, I just want to say, okay, it made me laugh because there was at the end birthday party scene, you get Samantha and she is pouring alcohol into uh, people's glasses from like a little um, flask. Mm -hmm. And what's really funny is that if you and I did zoom in close, there's no alcohol coming out. (laughs) They couldn't even put water in it. So it looked like she was pouring in alcohol and you could see it clearly. On just, uh, yeah, phoned in this scene for they no reason. Really did, and it was just like she does it a couple times. So it's not yeah, just like does. one thing and it's done. No, she does it a couple times, and it's just they like use their lazy. they use their water budget on Alice's boots. <laughs> like that was it. That was all they had. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, again, this is just surface level stuff. But I can't tell if this is good or bad that this movie and Carrie Bradshaw did not like exist and have these problems in 2021 <laughs> because. Carrie and Big fight over the phone a lot and they call each other to hash out their problems. They do a lot of dramatic hangups, whatever. Carrie is so lucky that she was not in the throes of all this when like iMessage is just like on your Mac all the time. And if you're fighting with your boyfriend, fighting with anybody at all, it's just on your computer and you can't focus on work or do anything or, you know, read and write an article as she does for her job. And I feel like if this was made today, she would just be like furiously typing on the side to big being like, you don't actually want to be in this marriage, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) So she might be lucky that she had to pick up the phone and hash this out and then go back to her work. Yes. Okay, let's keep going. Let's do MVP. Kate, who's your MVP of Sex and the City 2? <laughs> My MVP of Sex and the City 2 is the new Sex and the City reboot for giving <laughs> them the opportunity to redeem themselves wow. after this shit show. I just think, you know, if this was the last ever Sex and the City thing, it would just be a shame. 
because uh, it's just so offensive in so mm-hmm. many ways. Yeah. But, you know, like looking at other shows recently that are going to be, I assume, in a similar vein of like Sex in the City, like, for example, The Bold Type, I think mm. kind of does is like very kind of woke for lack of a better word. And like, you know, their, their protagonists like learn about all these different kinds of people and their own privilege and their own stereotypes. Mm-hmm. And I kind of just feel like if they want to do it well, they can kind of like emulate that. And like, you know, yeah. these women can grow and learn even at their age or like in their own position and, you know, kind of educate the audience with them. And mm-hmm. I think there's just like a way for the reboot to really redeem some of these mistakes uh, yeah. from the point of view of their protagonists. So fingers crossed <laughs> Seriously, that we have I'm slightly asking. better representation and like slightly better script writers for the reboot. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Amelia, who's your MVP? You know what? I'm just going to go with Liza Minnelli. You know, she looked great. <laughs> she sounded great. Love her. She stomped all over Miley's cameo. And Miley was in it oh for like God, 10 seconds. Oh my God, we didn't seconds. even talk I about this. Miley. is not noteworthy. I, I know when to dial it in. There, there was nothing about that scene that made her worth talking about. Um, but I agree with you, Amelia. Liza Minnelli is a good one. Yeah. Thank you. I'm choosing the song I Am Woman by Helen Hetty, which was like nice. the song that all four girls sang in a karaoke bar in Abu Dhabi. And there are so many songs that you could have chosen. Like, girls just want to have fun. Ooh. Any kind of pop. But I Am Woman by Helen Hetty is like a little bit deeper of a cut. A little slower. Yeah. A little bit more of like a slow bird where they're all kind of just like serenading one another. Thought they could have maybe picked like a a poppier number, but <laughs> yeah. they didn't. Well, yeah. isn't the point of that scene that they're like inspiring all the oppressed women through yes. their song? Yes, the lyrics like, I am woman, oh hear me roar in numbers too big to ignore. And all the Muslim women are like, yes, four women, four old white women singing off key. Like that's what is going right. to make me change That'll my mind. It. Oh my God, this movie's so bad. Fucking awful. Okay, last thing. Lightning round. We'll go through this really quick. Pick an outfit MVP, Kate. Mm. Uh, my my favorite outfit is uh, similar to Ashley Biden's tux that I talked about earlier. Carrie is the best man in the for the original wedding at the beginning of the movie. She wears a tux, which is just great. I'm going to be the best man in a wedding this year. And I decided to wear a dress and like really am second guessing that after seeing this movie. I was like, should I get a tux? Uh, <laughs> she also adds this horrible headpiece to it because like she is Carrie Bradshaw and she can't mm-hmm. just wear a regular tux. Uh, so, yeah, that was great. <laughs> And then the worst, worst outfit, which so many options, uh, she wears this hat on the plane that looks like a, like a basket upside down that has been like run over by a car. <laughs> and I just saw it and was like, this is the most, the ugliest, most impractical thing I've ever seen. Agreed. Uh, Amelia, go ahead. Best outfit. Um, I really enjoyed Carrie's green dress with the large necklace at the end of the movie. I don't know. I thought that was really pretty. Yep. Yeah, agreed. Um, quickly, mine. I just pick a worst. Mine is fucking Miranda in the desert riding a camel with the girls, and I put a photo because I can't really describe it in words in the outline. <laughs> it's like, but have it's, you ever have you ever seen Joseph in the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat on stop. Broadway? That's what this yes. looks like. <laughs> yeah, she's got a matching hat, all striped in various different, like really bold colors, and this gigantic corset brown leather belt, um, and then a red cape. And she just looks <laughs> atrocious. And I think they've done her wrong outfit wise the yeah. entire time. Yeah. Um, and I guess they didn't stop. They just really saw that all the way through. Even oh, it's hideous. Consistency. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Last thing. Uh, which is worse? 
Samantha or the baby. And for a little bit of context, you know, watch the movie. There's a scene where Samantha has sex for a very long time and is, is screaming basically at the top of her lungs. At the same time, the movie chose to cut a baby's crying over it, essentially back and forth, back and forth as Carrie and Big are trying to sleep and relax. So which was worse for you guys, Samantha or the baby? Amelia? I honestly, I mean, both are fucking annoying, but I there's something about a baby's screams. And when I heard those screams, I just immediately got a migraine. I was just like, oh my God. It went for way too long. So, oh my God. And every really time long. the baby appeared on screen, like not just in that scene, but every other, she was wailing and it was just mm-hmm. like oh this high pitch screech and I was just like oh my god this is like nails on a chalkboard we're so yeah. far away from motherhood it's not even funny <laughs> in, uh, in Samantha's defense the guy that she was with was really hot true <laughs> like true by far the hottest person in this movie so true. <laughs> you know yeah. alright let's end there let's go to the last category T-Tum's unanswerable questions Kate go ahead I'm gonna circle back to the inauguration really quick Uh, There was a prompt tweet going around uh, yesterday that said, you can technically be sworn into the presidency on anything. It doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be a Bible. What would you be sworn in on? Uh, There are a lot of great answers to this. I saw one person I like didn't really know. I was thinking about like, you know, a Buffy DVD set from, you know, 19 something. (laughs) I was like, you know, really love those, Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe a book. But then I saw someone say the Cheesecake Factory menu. And I've (laughs) had so many beloved birthdays. Cheesecake Factory really made me who I am. Uh, So, yeah, I'll go. I'll go with that. What about you guys? A tasty place. I misread this sentence once again. I don't know what I was doing in this outline this week, but I thought this <laughs> said, what would you be like sworn into office like in or on top of kind of? And I'm in the throes of watching Veep. And in season three, she like has this like crate because she's short <laughs> that she stands up on. So I thought this was literally like, what would you stand on top of to be sworn in on? And I'm quite tall. So I was like, oh, probably a ditch. So it'd like level me out and I'd be like shorter than all of the other that. people around me. Sure. And that's all I have. Sworn in on a ditch. Right. In a ditch. Fair enough. I love that. That's Fair a enough. Good, I, oh my God. That's good. Oh, uh, that's depressing. I don't, I mean, you know, I, I'm an advocate <laughs> for stuffed animals. So I have a favorite stuffed animal and I'd probably just get sworn in on that stuffed animal. That's smart. It's sacred. Hell to yeah. You. What, yeah. What exactly. kind of animal is it? It's a sheep. What is it? It's a little it name. Its name is Lammy. Cute. Creative. Cute. You know? Yeah. So probably do that. Yep. Right, Every great. time I hear this is Lammy, why we're not president. <laughs> Lamar Odom. Okay. Oh, God. So my question, and I'm going to say this respectfully because I am an animal lover, but something weird is going on with Jamie Lynn Spears <laughs> because I think Jamie Lynn Spears is like running over and killing all of her cats with her yes. Tesla. Oh. Because she called so Okay, it was a since now it's been deleted. So I don't know what's really going on behind the scenes, but she did an Instagram video where she's basically calling out Elon Musk and she's saying, We have lost, you know, I don't even want to tell you guys how many cats because they don't hear the Tesla crank and unfortunate things happen and it's really devastating and tragic for everyone involved. Elon Musk, let's figure this out. You owe me a couple cats. Oh my God. Everyone was like, So you're running them over and you're talking about it in a video. And it was just really, truly bizarre. And then everyone's like, Why don't you look? 
maybe there's back mm-hmm. like you know if you have animals especially cats you like you look around I guess if right I don't know so weird of Jamie Lynn Spears and to call out Elon Musk and basically admit to doing this is like also kind of weird I don't know the thing that gets me is the fact that it's happened several times like yeah. you do it once and it's like horrible like Right. I hope it doesn't happen again. Like you check the damn tires, you check behind the car when you pull out, you yeah. buy a different car. Right. I don't know. But yeah. the fact that it's she doesn't even want to say how many cats she's run over this Seriously. way. Seriously, like that's yeah. uh, that's on you, Jamie. Like that yeah. one's on you. That's insane. Fool check behind once. your car. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. I feel right. like kind of. Yeah. Did wow. she think it was like cute or something? Which did she think she was being funny or something? No, like this? I don't think so. I don't. She I don't literally think that was, was like. I have first of all, like buy a different car or just start just put your cats inside or look behind your car when you back up. Like that is that's animal abuse and she should go to jail for it. I honestly like (laughs) it's the multiple times for me. I can't get over it. Exactly. She's such a careless person. Really bizarre piece of I love that she's blaming Elon Musk. That's incredible. It's funny. Incredible take. What the hell? And she's like, oh so so now she's admitted like some user error is admittedly involved. So that's that. There you go. So, I yeah. just think she thought that this was some kind of like a funny, relatable thing. I, or even I, that people would be like, yeah, me too, maybe. I don't know what she was thinking. Really. So she is yeah. deranged. Um, hmm. Really odd. Anyway, last yes. question. Um, also in deranged news, uh, <laughs> Cruz Beckham, who is, I think, the youngest son of the David and Victoria Beckham. Um, he's 15 and he went on Instagram to sell a used damaged one-of-a-kind sweatshirt and it was a part of a rare collection between Louis Vuitton and Supreme and he went on his friend's account which is called Sneaker Bratz with a Z to auction it off and it was $45,000 for the opening bid or you could pay $150,000 for a buy it now price and not only you know, is this already used? This this kid has worn it. It's a missing part of like the hoodie string. The hoodie string is missing. So it's it really is damaged. And it looks like any other sweatshirt that you could buy on Etsy or eBay, like from a knockoff. And again, he's auctioning it off at forty five thousand dollars for the opening bid or at $150,000 for a buy it now price. And uh, that's just insane to me. That's insane to me. The kid is 15. Uh, yeah. Couldn't be rolling in more money in general. Right. I don't know what he's doing. The fact that you're right, Amelia, it's a starting price at that number and it only goes up. That's the whole point of a freaking auction. <laughs> it's just so rude. It's so rude. Little yeah. brat. <laughs> it's also just like, he clearly doesn't understand how much things cost. You know, like yeah. he clearly has never bought anything for himself because he just like doesn't understand what people pay for things. I don't know. I don't know what he's thinking here. I, you think Victoria <laughs> got mad at him and was like, take that off the internet. Yeah, b- probably. Know. And yeah. also I think it was like a gift from the the guy who headed up the house or something. I don't know. And so if I were him, I would be, and I saw this, I'd be pissed off. I'd be like, that was a gift. Yeah, me too. Never again. Brat. A couple of cursed questions we had there. (laughs) But overall, good episode, I think. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Good job, team. We did it. (laughs) Yep. Got through another week. Thank you guys just so much for listening. Thank you, Kaya, (laughs) our lovely producer. I'm Liz Kelly. I'm Kate Hallowell. And I'm Amelia Wattemeyer.
This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.